speaking from, uh, well, before I go there, I just want to thank you for having me here this weekend. It's a blessing to be here for all of us to be able to experience your church service. Um, it's uh, very rare that uh, we participate in, uh, in other church services uh, than, than what we were used to uh, for many years. For uh, 21 years, we were uh, with this church, same church family, and so it's, it was very rare that we were elsewhere. Uh, and uh, God has been good. God has been faithful. Amen? Today, uh, I just wanted to talk about a message about not being afraid. I've titled it, Do Not Be Afraid. It's time to get up. We're at a time in, in, in our society, in our world today, a time of fear, of anxiety, of worry. And some people, in order to cover up their fear, I think, talk about not being afraid and being very courageous in, in spite of the fear. And very, many of those same people that speak about not having fear are very fearful themselves when they are cornered and talked to about it personally on a personal level. Unbelief, loss of courage, fear happens to all children of God at various times. I remember as a kid watching Looney Tunes, and some of you that are around my age, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, would know what I'm talking about. Looney Tunes was my favorite cartoon, and uh, one of my favorite characters was Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam was one of the funniest characters. You could laugh if you want, okay? Don't, don't think that you have to have a frowning face because you're in church. You can smile, you can laugh, you can have fun, all right? Yosemite Sam was a, one of the funniest characters, and he was always angry, always stomping around like a two-year-old child that didn't get his way, always ready to destroy the, the main character, Bugs Bunny. And his famous, one of his famous lines were, oh, I hate that rabbit. And I, I remember one time he was running forward with his, with his six-shooter gun, and Bugs Bunny is behind the door. Bugs Bunny opens the door as soon as Yosemite Sam gets to the door, and there's a giant cannon waiting for Yosemite Sam. And Yosemite Sam was very courageous as he ran up towards the, the fort where, the, where, the, where, where Bugs Bunny was, screaming, come out, you yellow-bellied, lily-livered coward. Yet every time, whenever he saw Bugs Bunny with the cannon, with the door open, all of his courage just, just uh, shriveled up. It just evaporated. And all of a sudden, Yosemite Sam's face changed right before the cannon got uh, set off. And, uh, and you see his face and his fear. This is a situation that we all face in life. Whenever we run into a major cannon, right, uh, our courage evaporates. We have a lot of courage until we're facing the problem face to face. Amen? We, we, when we, uh, I remember last year in the beginning of the COVID pandemic and going into some facilities that I go to and seeing the absolute fear, the absolute fear and just the shaking in the staff that were working there, the doctors, nurses, aides, or whatever else that were there, the fear 
and just so happy to see me. Normally, they don't care if I come in, but they were so happy to see me. And they just, it was, it was like the chaplain walking in was some kind of hope for them. We are all looking for something in life. Amen? And it's only when we face the things that we fear, when we face the things that we are absolutely petrified of, that we are looking for hope, something, something to help me. The challenges of life, they bring despair. We may experience it in unbelief, hopelessness, and death. It affects all believers. And the destroyer affects every kind of believer. I wanted to talk about two kinds of believers. We've got the everyday believer that comes into church. And we've got the professional believers, the leaders, the pastors, the deacons, the, the ones that have some kind of credentialing, um, some kind of role in the church. The worship leaders maybe. The destroyer works everyday common believers. And we're going to look at, I think in the, in the previous service, I heard uh, the, uh, the preaching mention some of the story here. We're going to look at two people in 1 Kings, the widow at Zarephath and Elijah. The widow at Zarephath, she was an everyday normal believer. Nothing spectacular happening. Just a normal mother, a widow, a poor lady. No bragging about her accomplishments or her belonging and family tree and everything else. Just a simple lady, a poor lady, someone that listens when God speaks. And we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 12 through 16. I'm going to ask you to read in your Bibles with me. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son for this is what the Lord the God of Israel says the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land she went away and did as Elijah told her so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And we just look to you right now, and we ask you that you would speak to our hearts from all the readings today, from everything that we do today, everything that you've been speaking to us in song, in prayer, in readings, in discussion, everything else, Lord God. And we ask you that you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit and, and, and anoint us anew, Lord God, and enable us to be able to deal with the challenges that we have today by your Spirit's power. 
We ask you, Lord God, that you would enable me to speak your word at this time, but we pray that you would fill every single person with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit because we are all the priests of God. We are all the servants of God. So help us, Father God, to be able to do your work on this earth, to represent you, bring your light to the world through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this is speaking to the believer, just trying to get by. They, they attend church. They're trying to raise a family, keep a job, pay bills, give some offerings to God, maybe volunteer in church. They shy away from saying anything to anyone too much about the gospel. They're pretty quiet but they're trying to listen to messages in church services and try to take it to heart. They're sincere before God. They're a little shy, but they're very genuine in their service to the Lord. They may say a bedtime prayer. They may pray with their families. They may read the Bible, and they may teach it to their children. Reading this passage told me that many of us do these activities. Many of us are like the widow at Zarephath, but on the inside, on the inside, we're ready to die. We feel like the problems of life are enough, and we are ready to tell the Lord, enough, Lord, enough, Lord. I have had enough. Just let me die. But this problem is not just for the casual Christian. We find that this problem, the challenges of life, affect the faith of Christian leaders, the prophets, the preachers, the elders, the bishops, Christians with great commitment to ministry. Elijah, a great prophet of God, would have similar feelings in just a few chapters as we flip the pages over to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4, just one verse. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom, bu broom bush. He sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. There's Elijah, the man of God, the prophet of old. The prophet that spoke and it didn't rain for three years. And we find the same prophet going through a similar challenge that the poor widow, who's a simple woman, ready to die. And yet we find that this great prophet of God who spoke and it happened because the Lord spoke through him. The same man who heard the voice of God and by the voice of God worked wonders on this earth. He is now at a point where he also is ready to die. Just take me. It's enough. I've had it, Lord. But we find that God has more for every single one of us. But we must be ready. We must be prepared for what God has for us. The widow at Zarephath, she still has a ministry to do. 
She is the one that God chose to keep alive, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. Amen? One of the greatest prophets the world has ever known. She and her son also lived because of it. You can read that story yourself in chapter 17. Amen. The serious Christian also has some things to learn. Not just the simple widow. Not just the simple believer. God is not done with you, religious leaders. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 7 through 8. It says, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There is work to be done because God has some work for Elijah to do. He has some work, but still Elijah gets tired. He gets tired on his journey. He gets tired. There's a place that he needs to reach, the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, as Mount Horeb is also called. He needs to get to the mountain of God where God spoke to Moses. He spoke and gave the commandments to the children of Israel back there, and Elijah wanted to meet with God. But on his way, he is tired, and he's at a point where he thinks his work is done. But after a 40-day and a 40-night hike, his work is not done. Not so. Amen. Leaving the old mindset requires for us to have an encounter with God. Amen. Which voice are you listening to today? Does that mean there are multiple voices? I'm sure you've heard murderers saying that they kept hearing a voice that told them not to do it. I've had somebody tell me that. I've had someone tell me that I've been ministering to for months that told me that he's getting voices that tell him to take his life, that tell him to take other people's lives. There are other voices than the voice of God. Amen? That, but that is a voice, but it's certainly not the voice of God. The voice of God is the spirit of the living God speaking to you. Amen? Jesus told you and me what his spirit will do. Hallelujah. Amen? His spirit will show you Jesus all the more clearly. Amen? This, the widow at Zarephath decided to obey the word that God had spoken to her through Elijah. And that brought life to her and to her son. It brought hope for the future for her family and future generations. Amen? Hallelujah. Elijah also had to listen to the voice of God. Elijah wanted an answer, but he waited until he received it. He waited upon God. God will answer only in his time, but God always answers in his time. Amen? 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 10 through 18, we find, can I have a reader read that for me? 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 10 through 18.
Amen. So Elijah heard God many times in his life. God spoke to him and Elijah obeyed many times in his life. He had faced challenges and he never felt intimidated in the face of King Ahab, he, he, in, in the face of Jezebel, in, in many different circumstances in the past. He knew that God was leading him. Yet, this time, when he was threatened by wicked Queen Jezebel, as the Bible calls her, who had all the other prophets of God killed that she could get a hold of, Elijah became fearful. He felt that this idolatrous woman is wiping out all the children of God. She's deceiving the whole nation, and God is not protecting his prophets. You may feel the same way, but it's time today. You and I may need a pep talk, like a quote probably incorrectly ascribed to Alexander the Great that says, there is nothing impossible to him who will try. Actually, that's an incorrect quote, and the correct quote was from Plutarch, the writer, the Greek writer, in the life of Alexander, he said, he thought nothing invincible for the courageous and nothing secure for the cowardly. That's a good saying, right? He thought nothing invincible for the courageous and nothing secure for the cowardly. Alexander was a great conqueror, but he was only partially right. Alexander died a very early death. See, nothing is impossible but he should have started the sentence with, through God. Amen? Through God, nothing is impossible. He would have been right. Elijah needed a voice from heaven. Elijah wanted an answer, and he waited until he received it. He waited upon God. He got always answers in his time and in his voice. Jesus is the true voice of God for us. Hallelujah. He has come down from heaven to earth. He came to be with us. He is Emmanuel, as I told you yesterday. God with us. See, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, we need to get a hold of God's word. We need to trust his word and take actions based on that trust in God's word. Hallelujah. Obedience to the voice of God changes things. There is no need for us to be afraid. Amen? With God, there are only possibilities. Amen? Those who believe God and weather the storms have a new story to tell. They're not merely survivors. They're not just surviving and existing. But they have a newfound level of trust in the God of Elijah. That's what we find with the widow. The widow at Zarephath isn't just a survivor, but she has a story to tell. Once I was destitute. I had nothing to eat. No way to get the next bit of food. Nowhere to find bread. But do you know what God did for me? That's your story. That's my story. Do you know what God did for me? Hallelujah. It's our job to share that story. Hallelujah. God sent someone. Amen. God sent Elijah. She trusts the word of God now. She might save Elijah. He said the strangest things. What a weird guy. You know, he just came and he was just walking around. He was dressed very funny. But he came and said the strangest things. But, he, but I just knew that he knew God. 
He had a connection with God. And that's what you and I need to know, that when you and I go into the marketplace, go into our workplaces, go into the, uh, uh, the, the stores and everywhere else that you go interact with people, that know that when people know that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, they expect that you have a story. That there is a reason why you believe. And even if they don't believe, they think that you have something. Amen? You have something, but you've got to live the life. Amen? Uh, so what we find is that this lady said, I, oh, I obeyed God. And for many, many months, until the rains returned, I had food that I can't explain how it happened. Other than that God did it for me. Now that's a great story that she had, isn't it? It's an incredible story that this woman would have. That she told, I'm sure she told her children. And her children's children. And their children's children would have shared that story to the next generation. The great prophet Elijah came to our great grandmother's house. Uh, we do the same thing ourselves. When we talk about the stories that God did something in the lives of our parents, grandparents, great grandparents. See, it's time today for you and I to share our stories. And it's also time for the Elijahs, the, the religious leaders, the professional leaders as we like to think of ourselves sometimes. It's time for us to get up. Amen? You and I to the world are all professional religious people. Amen? Now, Elijah's mindset has become hopeful because he had an encounter with God. The widow and her son have a new lease on life. They have hope for tomorrow. But for Elijah, he was not going to stay stuck and complain anymore. Amen? Now he can go forward because, because he realizes that God is not finished with me. My life is not over. Amen? God has a plan for me still. Amen? God will lead the way. Amen? You and I can say that. Hallelujah. In every situation, if you trust in the Lord, people of God, God will make a way. Hallelujah. God will lead the way if you will follow. Hallelujah. Amen? God is no longer going to let deception rule the day in Israel. No. The spirits of deception would actually rue the day themselves. Hallelujah. Evil would not go unpunished. Judgment was coming and Elijah would be the one to set it in motion. Hallelujah. And then we find that hopefulness produced new spiritual life for both the widow and Elijah. We find the widow and her son, they trust in the Lord their God. Amen? And for Elijah, we find that a young man, Elisha, was stuck at a farm job. He didn't even like his job. He didn't like what he did. He was just doing something because he had to do it. He, because it was part of his family business, you could say. But Elijah walked by, and he did what God told him to do. He threw his mantle on the young man, Elisha. Amen? The mantle gave young Elisha a new chance at life. So not only Elijah, but now Elisha has a new chance at life. This mantle was symbolic of a new purpose. Hallelujah. A chance to fulfill the dream that God had for him. Amen? No longer to live raising cattle. And pulling a plow in the field. No more uh, sowing seeds and wearing dungarees. <laughs> Time to bring life from death. Time to bring deliverance. 
in times of famine and war. Time to have hope is God uses Elijah to call on a young Elisha to sow seeds of life in the souls and hearts of men and women. Hallelujah. That may be you and me. Amen. Rise up and take your mantle and throw it into the languished, onto the languished, the desperate, onto the hopeless. Amen. You have a mantle, man and woman of God, young man, young woman of God. You have a mantle that you have to throw on and you've got to do everything you can to make sure you do God's purpose in your life. So we have a God and when we trust in him, he steps in. Amen? His power is like that giant candle, cannon that I told you about. Bugs Bunny's cannon. That giant cannon. Right? It's like that cannon to the challenges that we face. We are so intimidated by the problems that we faced. But remember that our problems are so intimidated by the God that we know. Amen? Our problems are are intimidated by the God that we serve. The power of God is greater than any challenge that comes your way. Whether it be satanic, whether it be physical or emotional, whether it be social, they fail in the presence of God. Hallelujah. We're coming into the home stretch here. And in Psalm 33, verses 20 to 22, it says, We put our hope... In the Lord, he is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you. Alone, there's the old hymn that sings, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Just sing that with me. We, you don't have to just sing with me, okay? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Sing it again. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. One more time. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Other ground is sinking sand. The last verse sings, When he shall come with trumpet sound, Oh, may I then in him be found, Dressed 
in his righteousness alone for us to stand before the throne on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand sing it again on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand Isn't that beautiful? No. I love the anthems of the church. People of God, you need to have anthems. You need to have songs that you sing. When we sing about America, we sing, God bless America, right? Everybody seems to know it. They sing, my country, tis of thee. Everybody seems to know it. We need to have anthems of the church. We need to sing those songs and know what we sing. Amen? Sing the new and the old. Know the Lord God of our history. Know the God that is coming again. Amen? Know the future, God of the future as well. May God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. May God uh, bless you.